Hey everyone, it's Pastor Brandon here, and I'm so excited to do the intro for this new series I'm going to be doing. It's going to be 14 weeks, and each week we're going to discuss one of the 14 declarations of faith of the Church of God denomination. Because we here at North Point, we're a part of the Church of God denomination, and it's a great thing, and we have great theology and great beliefs that we really subscribe to, and as a body, I think it's important to know what we're a part of. So I just want to break down these 14 declarations of faith, these pillars of beliefs we as a denomination have, the- theology that we believe, and so these next 14 weeks, I'm really excited to break them down with you, and this is episode 12, so let's dive right on into it. Well, hello and happy Monday. I am so excited that you decided to spend a part of your Monday with me. It is just such an honor to be able to do this and break down these amazing declarations of faith. I I just, I'm humbled that you guys would even stick with me for 12 of them. I'm just so blessed to be able to do this. It's a snowy, crazy Monday here in Midland, and the weather's intense, and there's nothing better than to hunker down and talk about Jesus on a snowy day. So thank you for hunkering down with me. Let's jump right into it. We are doing Declaration 12 today, which says, We believe in the Lord's Supper and washing of saints' feet. So today we're talking about sacraments. We're talking about these holy things that we do. And we talked about a sacrament before already when we broke down baptism because that is a sacrament. And today we're talking about what the Lord's Supper is and the washing of saints' feet. So before we get too far, I want to describe again what a sacrament is. So a sacrament, the definition of a sacrament, it's a spiritual symbolic practice you do in church that reinforces your faith or certain doctrines and teachings from the Bible. For example, the big three, we got communion, water baptism, and foot washing. And today we are discussing those latter, or the first one and the last one. So we're, we're not talking about baptism, we're talking about communion and foot washing. And I'm going to open it up with some scripture. So let's read Luke chapter 22, verses 14 through 20 out of the New Living Translation. It says, When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. Then he said, Take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Wow. That is so powerful. Every time I read about communion and and the Passover dinner they shared together, it just it hits me in a new way. This, this cup being the new covenant, the blood spilt being 
that new covenant. And and the cup just represents that blood and his the bread representing his body and what was scarred and torn and ripped apart all for us. The Lord's Supper, it is, it is a sacrament ordained by Jesus himself while he was with us in the flesh. He ordained the use of the following visible elements, as in bread and grape juice. The aim of this sacrament is to represent and communicate the spiritual nourishment and act as a remembrance of what Jesus did for us. I mean, we look at this Passover dinner they had, and it was nourishment for them. It was an actual meal. I know when we do it at church, it's not exactly for nourishment. It's just for the remembrance aspect of it. We're not eating tons of bread and and drinking tons of grape juice, but it is for our spiritual nourishment. And we do it, we look inward, and we, we check ourselves, and we see what is God doing in me, and you come with a clean heart, and you just take part in remembering what Jesus did. It's such an amazing thing that Jesus did for us on the cross, and every time we take communion, we get to remember that amazing sacrifice. And when we look at this and break it down, the bread, it represents the body of Christ broken for us in redemption. It was truly broken. It went through far more than we could even imagine. The the passion of the Christ, the movies, all the visual representations we've had, they don't even do it justice. It was the most brutal death Jesus could have done, and he did that for us. And that's what the bread represents as his body literally bruised and scarred and ripped all for us. And then the juice represents that blood that was spilt, that was shed as the seal of the new covenant. And the new covenant is such an amazing thing. If you guys don't know what the new covenant is, it's a new promise. A covenant is a promise. This is the new promise that we no longer have to live under the law of Moses. That we can have a close-knit relationship with our Savior. That it's not a list of rules. Which there was over 600, by the way. We don't have to live by that over 600 list of rules about mixing our our polyester with our cotton. or, Or... not eating shellfish or pork or whatever. We don't have to fall by, we don't have to live by that. It's not about what we eat or drink. It is about our relationship with Jesus. And the new covenant gave us that. The shedding of Jesus' blood was the ultimate sacrifice. And when we drink from the cup, we remember that blood that forgave our sins. It paid it all for us. And by eating the bread and drinking the juice, us as believers, we are, we are symbolizing our faith. We're partaking in the body and the blood of Jesus for spiritual nourishment. It's a memorial of Christ's life, his death, and his resurrection. But it is also an anticipation of his return. We, we take communion eagerly anticipating the return of Jesus. But also, it's a powerful reminder of what he paid for us and now what we need to be giving for him. There's a verse that says we are to pick up our cross and follow Jesus. Jesus literally died on the cross for us and we now are charged with taking up our cross and following him. He paid it all. The least we can do is give our life to him.
in ministry and works in in doing our best to spread his gospel it it is anticipation it is remembrance and it is a charge and it's such an amazing thing the act of communion the the it is a sacrament and it is wonderful that we get to partake and remember there's a another verse and it it takes place before the dinner before the passover dinner Jesus, he, he introduced us to two major sacraments, not just the communion, but also washing of feet. He taught us something about servanthood. So let's turn to, like I said, John 13. We're going to read quite a bit of verses, but it's 13, 1 through 17. And it says, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper. And the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything that had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter explained, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash, except for the feet, to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their masters, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Jesus did a lot at this Passover meal. He taught us about remembering his sacrifice. Before his sacrifice even took place, he taught us about remembering it. But then he taught us about something something else that I just cherish. And it's, it's servanthood. The, the act of serving that comes from washing feet. Feet are, are such a filthy thing. They're, they're not my favorite part of the body, I'll just say that. And feet, especially back then, they walked everywhere. They were covered in dust, mud, dirt. They were dirty things. And Jesus 
wash the feet of his disciples. And he calls us to wash each other's feet. And he teaches us an important message here that no one is more important than another. The messenger is not more important than the one who sent the message. There is no one greater than each other in the, in the kingdom of God. We are all equal. And with the washing of saints' feet, ordained by Jesus while he was on earth, the aim of this is to represent our continual union with Christ, our purification by him, and our servanthood to the body of Christ. I want to talk a little bit about servanthood. The Bible calls us to be servants, and Jesus served his disciples right here. There's another verse in Matthew 20, 25-28. says, Kings and those with great authority in this world rule oppressively over their subjects like tyrants. But this is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for one with the heart of a servant. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served, but to serve and to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. That's from the Passion Translation, and, and those are the words of Jesus. This passage speaks of, of what we as spiritual leaders, as spiritual people, Christians, and the kingdom of God are supposed to be, and that's that big word that starts with S. We are supposed to be servants. We all have a calling of servanthood, and the sacrament of washing of feet shows us that. Let me tell you something. The Bible uses Words like servant, serve, and service over a thousand times. And it is a call for any of us who want to act like our Savior because Jesus was the ultimate servant. And we are servants not only to our Heavenly Father, but also to our brothers and sisters in Christ. The, uh, the Hebrew word used in the Old Testament for servant was ebed. It was twofold, and it contained two ingredients, which were action and obedience. In order to serve, it not only required action, but it required doing something with a high level of obedience. In the Old Testament, you would think that that word was only used to describe like literal servants, right? The literal slaves, but it described leaders, prophets, even kings, from King David to Isaiah and Samuel, even Abraham, they all used the word servant. And they used it too when they described Jesus, because we know in Isaiah, those are prophecies about Jesus. And then we look at the New Testament. They add two other words for serving, and they are doulos and dykonos. Duolo speaks of our dependence to Christ and our will being that of God's. Why dykonos, it's an action or a verb, and it means to serve a table. Dykonos implies hospitality, serving food, patiently serving the table. And the New Testament, according to the New Testament, that table, it can refer or it does refer to the body of Christ. That table we're serving is the body. So when we taking these Hebrew words and meanings directly from the Bible, we can get a full definition of what it means to serve because we got a full glimpse into what serving was, especially with this dykonos and these duolos, right? Jesus, 
He washed the feet, but then he also literally served the table communion. The, the feast of Passover. So this definition we have here, biblical servanthood, obediently doing all we can for the body of Christ with patience, hospitality, and joy due to our will becoming aligned with God's will. God's will is for you to be a servant. It's for us to become fully obedient and then put that obedience into action and serve the table that is the body of Christ. Because guess what? On Passover, that's what Jesus did. Both of these sacraments, Jesus served the table. He served by getting on his knees and washing the feet of his 12 best friends, his 12 disciples. He washed their feet. And then he served them dinner. And he said, eat this remembering of me. I'm going to tell you guys something, a statement. I'm going to say it. it's really intense. But it comes straight from looking at the life of Jesus. I can conclude, I think all of us when reading the Bible, can conclude that your level of service directly proves your level of love and compassion. We are called to serve. Jesus called us to serve. When we wash each other's feet, that is a sacred act of service. The sacrament of washing the saints' feet, it sounds fancy, but it's really just getting down on our knees and serving our brothers and sisters in Christ. I think this is one churches often kind of kind of let let go and don't do that often. I think it's time we have more foot washing services and show each other how much we care. Show each other that we're willing to do what Jesus did. And that's wash the feet of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Just like how we remember what Jesus did on the cross when we take communion, when we wash feet, we can remember the servanthood, the service that Jesus brought. The Son of Man, the Son of God, God made flesh, came to serve us, to love on us, to wash our feet. That's so powerful. Never feel you're above serving. Before I end, I want to say a quick prayer. And I just want to impart on you the importance of servanthood. Not just serving and washing the feet, but serving the table, the body of Christ, in any way you can. And how important it is when you do communion to remember how much Jesus loved us. He loved us so much. He was beaten and broken all for us. Lord God, I thank you for this amazing opportunity to teach. I thank you for your amazing son who was an amazing servant. His, his love for us, so deep, so wide, that he would go from feeding us to washing our feet to dying for us. Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
You are so good. Oh, you are so good. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for joining me this snowy Monday. It is such an honor to be able to do these with you. I am just so excited to talk about these 14 pillars of theology in the Church of God. And and they are pillars. They are so important and they are so necessary. And it is just so awesome to be able to discuss them. Thank you again for tuning in. It, it really is an honor. And I'm super excited because next week we're going to be jumping in to Declaration 13, which is a pretty big, complicated one. So Declaration 13 says, We believe in the premillennial second coming of Jesus. First, to resurrect the righteous dead and to catch away the living saints to him in the air. Second, to reign on the earth a thousand years.